Have you ever looked around your business and thought to yourself, is this it? Are you making money, but yet you want more? Or maybe you have ideas in your head, but you're just not sure how to develop them into a revenue stream. Welcome to the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Roan and Lisa Beck, where we help you unlock your business potential and scale your business beyond trading time for money. Each week, you'll hear ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business. Let's do this. Welcome, everyone, to episode number one. You're listening to the Caged Vision Podcast, and we are talking about, how did this happen, Lisa? I mean, how, how does Caged Vision how happen? does it happen? I mean, how does it happen? Well, let me tell you how it happened for me. I decided I wanted to open up a business. And that business, because I, I'll call myself a recovering CPA, you'll hear that often. But in that world, you trade time for money. You trade your expertise for money. That's really all I knew. And so when I started my business, the business was around trading my expertise, what I had developed, and trading that for money. And so what happens is when you open a business, you work hard to get business. And when you get business, you're damn sure going to pay attention to it, which is your time. And so you work hard on that engagement. You work hard. And the first struggle that you feel is, how do I get more business? And your biggest struggle is not your time. It's not how much money you're making per hour. I would venture to say that you don't even care about how much money you're making per hour. You're just glad you're making something. <laughs> That's very true. And then the goal is to get more and to get more and to get more. And then at some point, you look up and you're working your tail off and you're making good money. But after about the second year of making that good money, you start to think, is this it? Because you really built out the business model that you had thought of, which is open a business, demonstrate my expertise, offer value, get customers, deliver that value, repeat. And when you create that business model, all you know is to do that more and more and more. But along the way, probably after a drive home from a client, you start to think about how can we do this better? So it starts out as how do I squeeze my time? And then it goes beyond squeezing just your time. How can I offer value to my customers in a way that doesn't necessarily depend purely on me? And that's when the trap begins because you're continuing to work your tail off. The thoughts don't stop. But if you don't find an outlet for those thoughts, it becomes a trap. It becomes a cage and you start to have self-doubt. You start to withdraw. You start to get angry with the very success that you wanted. It's a very, very bad place to be. So when you get to that place, because I know you and I have talked about this before, but you tell the story about how you were talking to your wife at dinner right. about it. And I guess, is that when you realized I've got to do something, you know, tell us a little bit about where cage vision came from yeah. that phrase. Cause I love it. I think that speaks 
to what a lot of business owners feel in their business. They're working as many hours as they possibly can, but yet they have so many other things they want to do. They just don't know how to leverage their expertise. So, you know, it happens, but how do you unpack it? Well, for me, I think, you know, if I go all the way back to grammar school, I mean, I was in remedial reading forever. Like, I think I started LSU at like a second grade reading level. I mean, (laughs) I really, and it wasn't reading, it was reading comprehension. Okay. It wasn't the way that I learned. But at some point around the 2010 timeframe, I decided that I had had enough and I was going to start to invest in myself. And reading books was one way to do that. But around that time frame, Audible and podcasts and all of these audio learning outlets came. And when I started to hear those, I learned that not only do I comprehend things fast, but at a pace that's really faster than others. So I read and comprehend at half the speed of others, but I listen and comprehend at twice the speed. So is this a way to get you to slow down? Because for our listeners, Carrie devours, devours podcasts and devours books. He's constantly dumping them in my inbox and I read them and it takes me a little bit. So what I'm going to do now is just forbid you to listen to audio files. Is that it? impossible. It's impossible. I wake up and I have five different pairs of earbuds. If you need a recommendation on earbuds, I have tried every, (laughs) I always, I am listening to something and it's not music and it's not the radio station. It is things that build me up that help me think and ignite and build on my vision. Because if you think about the 2010 timeframe, that source of frustration, I started the company in 05. It had been five years. We had achieved what most would have said, wow, you've achieved everything that you want. Yet I'm angry as hell. I'm mad. I'm upset. And it was finding that outlet. And when I found that outlet, and then I just continued to pour into that. And what I discovered is that, number one, I'm not alone. And that by itself was a huge step. Because if you feel like you know, my, my wife and I were very different people. So when, when I'm having this conversation with her and she's looking at me like, you do recognize that you're weird, right? <laughs> and I say, I know I'm weird in a lot of ways. I'm unique in this way. And that is that they're just a group of business owners out there that it's not about money. It's not about how big the building is or what kind of car you drive, although I love cars. It's not about any of that. It's about working towards something that is your vision, that is your path, that you know you created. And then when you do that, you actually enjoy the struggle because you know you're coming in and you're working towards something and there's going to be dips in the road and there's going to be hurdles, but it's on your journey. And that's what we're unpacking, unpacking the journey, lay it out there. Lisa, you and I have experienced this. We've had feedback. And what what is the feedback? Definitely. When When we lay that out for customers, what is the feedback? Oh, my gosh. They get 
so excited. We were talking to someone just yesterday, actually, and he actually said those words. I am excited for the first time in years about my business. And he's excited not just about his daily business, what he's been doing for 10 years, but he's excited about what's to come. He has a new energy because he realizes that the ideas that he has in his head on ways to expand and leverage his subject matter expertise are going to come, they're going to be reality because we're going to help him make that reality. And I think that it is energizing for me as well as for them. It's very exciting to watch people who have these ideas, who feel like they're bound and changed by, you know, by the current work that they do suddenly go, wait, there's more, wait, I can actually do this. So, so yeah, it's exciting. I think we're the luckiest people on earth because we get to do what you just said yeah, what we love for other people. Yeah. So we actually get to do what we love most for other people. And when we do that for them, the gratification of just seeing them, what has been locked up, you know, when you go home and you're in a bad mood and you don't know why you're in a bad mood, but you're in a bad mood. And yet, you know, it's just work, but you can't really explain why it's work. That's frustration. That's frustration because you don't feel like you're in control of your destiny. It's a difference between had a bad day but I, I know that the path that we're on is right versus I'm on someone else's path and I have no control. That is awful. Not for everyone. If you're of a certain personality, if you're of the personality where you feel like it has to be my vision, it has to be my path, then that is a crippling feeling. Yet these business owners, they start their business, they achieve everything that they wanted and they build their own trap. They build their cage, and they go work inside their cage every day. And that's how cage vision happens. That's how it happens. But is it something that they could have, because you know, I'm thinking about the people that we talk to and their cage vision, and do you think after a while they just suppress their ideas? You know, is it just something that's in the back of your head? I mean, because for you, it was like a trigger moment where you were like, that's it. I'm done. I can't, I'm not doing it like this anymore. But you know, they, they are in those cages and they see, but they're so tied up in their day to day that they can't ever envision it not being this way. Yeah. I think what happens is it surfaces as other problems. It surfaces as employee problems. It surfaces as client problems. It surfaces as everything almost that it's not. But the root cause is I'm not happy because I don't feel like we're working towards something bigger. When I finished high school, my first job was actually, this is a funny story. So I finished in Baton Rouge. We had, it was a big thing. I don't know if it's the big thing everywhere, but it was a big thing to mail out to all of your cousins, of which I've got a lot. Mail out everyone that you're graduating from high school. And so I did pretty well with that mail out. I mean, it was a pretty good return on, on, <laughs> on, on your that investment. investment. And so I got like, I don't know, $1,800, let's call it. Yes, yes. Wait, you got money? Oh, yes. Okay, that must be a Cajun Louisiana thing I'm because thinking. 
in Alabama, you know, we mail out, we are proper Southerners. We do mail out high school announcements, but I got like an iron. How did you get money? Well, we're Southerners, but Louisiana has never, never, never pretended to be proper. So let's just establish that. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. So anyway, I'm I'm raining raining money. I'm like, I am loaded. (laughs) So my father says, he's a dentist, and his father says, so Carrie, what you going to do this summer? What's your job going to be? He and feels I just said, like that, just doesn't like he? That. And I said, uh, I don't know, man, I don't know, Dad. I think I did pretty good. I think I'm just going to kick back. He's like, that's what I thought you'd say. I got a patient who owns a lawn care service. You start tomorrow at 7. <laughs> I love your father. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you are the new boy in a lawn care service, you don't get to ride on the lawnmower. You weedy. But you still get to play with, like, equipment, right? Uh, oh, have you been in South Louisiana wearing <laughs> jeans and, like, full polyester? And so, anyway, so the first day we go, and I load up with this truck full of hooligans that have been doing, I mean, like, this is, I mean. They don't have cage vision, right? Is that it? No, no, they, they, love, they love their job, man. They're getting, they're going on, and they love new guys because they're like, there's a new grunt. This is awesome. I said, where are we going? Like, we got to cut an apartment complex. Well, I'm, I was used to cutting my dad's front yard, you know, my parents' front yard, not an apartment complex. And so we pull up to this apartment complex, and it just so happens to be the newest complex on LSU's campus, where all of the young, pretty freshman girls stay. So I pulled, you know, if you know a baseball cap, on the top, it's got like five holes in each of it for like vents. I pulled it down so much, I, my eyeballs were looking through the vent. I did not want to be seen. But anyway, I weed-eated from about seven in the morning until like eight at night. Just absolutely exhausted. And I did it all summer long. And I thought, this is the worst job ever. But my dad thinks I'm going to quit. And so I'm not going to quit. It was awful because you work when it's hot as hell, and your only time off is when it's raining. Did you pray for rain? Yeah. I mean, I guess. But at some point, I was like, I'm just going to prove him wrong. And so the learning lesson there was that, you know, sometimes you're going to do something, and it's not what you wanted to do. But I quickly learned that this trading time for money is a bad idea, right? It's a real bad idea. So fast forward, I'm in college and I finished my, is another father story. So you're going to like this one as well. Finished my freshman year, undeclared at LSU, really. Shocker. Major well, in, major. you had to make it through football season. <clears throat> you can make a decision during football season in the SEC. Right. I totally understand so, undeclared after your freshman uh, year. Summer, I, you know, time, my father says, so, uh, so Carrie, what's, what's going to be your major next year? And I said, well, dad, I don't know. I think I might just stay the course. You know, kind of just stay where I am. He said, tell you what, take all the time you need. I'm just not paying for you to go back till you figure it out. I said, okay. He said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to own my own business one day. He said, okay, why don't you go talk to your Uncle Raul? Well, my Uncle Raul just so happened was a CPA, worked for a pipe manufacturer, started a company called Southern Valve, and they work on valves that you rework a valve, a valve that's within these big, big refineries. An old valve's better because at least you know the tendencies of where it breaks down. And so you can repair that. So I had a great business. I go talk to my Uncle Raul. 
Uncle Rowell says, well, Carrie, you need to major in accounting. And I hung my head because I'm thinking, I don't want to major in accounting. I hate accounting. But he said, you need to know where you stand in business. You need to have that ability. And it's a great groundwork. So fast forward, I'm in accounting. And the lesson from the lawn care service said, don't trade time for money. Yet I had gone into a business where it's mainly trading time for money. And it wasn't until fast forward 2010 and I started investing where I'm like, how can I do this for myself? When it really started to say, you just got to think differently. You have to be able to think about how can I apply my expertise and what I do? What could be? And I keep coming back to that what could be term because it's really, you have to dream and envision about that, but it can't just be a dream. You have to feel traction. And that's where we come in. That's awesome. And it is where we come in. That's a great way to put it. And that is how Cage Vision happens. It's how it happens. And it's not something where, you know, you know it's coming. It happens every day because whether you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a CPA, you're an engineer, if it depends on your expertise, the first goal is survival in your business, right? The second goal is to get clients. Well, that's how you achieve the first goal. But you will look up one day and you'll say, is this it? And you keep listening to this podcast and you will find continuous answers that it's not it. No, it's not it. And we are going to talk over the coming episodes about how to unlock your cage vision, develop your model, how to implement and how to raise awareness so that you are leveraging your expertise and building a new revenue model. I love it. Love it. Till next time, guys. Thanks Enjoy. for listening. Thank you for listening to the Caged Vision Podcast. And don't forget to come back next week to hear more ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, just like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business.